Hello, and welcome to IAOP's podcast series, PulseCast, where we explore topics big and small in a world of collaborative partnerships. Thank you for joining us, and now the host of PulseCast. Hello, everyone. My name is Debbie Hamill, CEO of IAOP, and welcome to the next in a series of conversations I will be having with our partners on pressing issues affecting us all in 2022 and beyond. Today, I have the privilege of sitting down with Vinny Sanchez. Vinny is the global chair of DLO Piper's Technology Transactions and Strategic Sourcing Practice. Wow, that is a mouthful. And is highly recognized as a leading technology and outsourcing lawyer by the Legal 500 US and Chambers. Vinny advises clients in complex technologies, strategic sourcing, outsourcing, and commercial transactions, including post-contract matters that arise during the normal course of these relationships, such as implementation, transition challenges, governance, audits, and disputes. A significant part of his practice also includes representing clients in digital transformation programs and supply chain management, including end party risk, business continuity, and data and cyber risk. He also advises clients in technology acquisitions, divestitures, and joint ventures, strategic alliances and collaborations, and the commercialization of technology and data assets. Vinny, you are a very, very, very busy man. Today, we will be discussing the current state of digital transformation, or we'll call it DT for the rest of this podcast, and what is and what isn't DT. Also, this might be a great time to add that Vinny has thankfully agreed to join IOP's Digital Technology Center of Excellence leadership team and help us drive rich content for all of IOP's membership. So stay tuned, we will be announcing our first DTCOE in-person event taking place in early 2023. So now let's get started. Vinny, I'm gonna ask you a series of questions and hope you can elaborate and please enjoy yourself and elaborate as much as you possibly can. During the pandemic, we heard a lot about the acceleration of digital transformation. Now that we're in a post-pandemic world, hopefully, what is the current state of digital transformation and where are we heading? Well, first, thanks, Debbie, for having me um, and welcome to everyone who are listeners. Um, so look, while we live in a world, we're still facing many challenges as a result of the pandemic. Uh, we face new headwinds impacting the world economy and supply chains generally. We're facing geopolitical headwinds resulting in shifting supply chains, broadening tighter national security controls over core technologies. We also are facing labor shortages due to factors such as nationalism at the country level, but also the great resignation, where have the workers gone, and lower than expected sort of population growth in many countries. And we're also facing inflationary, inflationary pressures not seen in over 40 years driven in large part by the other two factors I mentioned, the geopolitical and labor pressures. So what does all this really mean for digital transformation? It means while we are surrounded by signs of a global recession, companies are gonna to continue to drive innovation, seeking better and different ways to achieve what I would say three primary objectives. One is they're always gonna to continue to try and drive innovation to improve company operations and address the inflationary pressures such as labor shortages, through the adoption of new technologies. We'll expect to see an increase in the use of digital labor versus carbon or human labor through the adoption of automation, robotics, and artificial intelligence. The second, companies are gonna to continue to drive as they did in the pandemic and finding different ways to engage with their customers 
by implementing digitally focused omni-channel strategies, which are going to increasingly expand to other platforms and new platforms such as the metaverse. And third, we're gonna to continue to see a drive for innovation because companies are going to need to look for new and different ways in which to generate revenue. And that's part of digital transformation. But so when we think about digital transformation, we really should be thinking about what it means for a company to become a technology and data driven company. And through that, we wanna talk a little bit more about what it means not to do, look at just digital transformation, but digital evolution of the enterprise. Okay, I'm not sure I've ever heard that expression before. Can you elaborate on digital evolution and how that's different from DT? Uh, what's involved? Sure. So when you think about digital transformation, you think of sort of that one big bang transformation from becoming you know, a non-tech company to a digitally, uh, uh, digitally driven tech and data company. And perhaps digital transformation, frankly, is probably an overused phrase to encompass everything technology related. So we see instances where it's, trying, it's used to sweep in everything in the IT function, and frankly, projects that companies have been undertaking in the normal course of their operations. For example, if you're implementing an ERP system and you're trying to move that to the cloud, we've heard people use that kind of a project as a digital transformation project. And maybe in one regard, you can consider that. But what do we really mean about true digital transformation? True digital transformation is really about leveraging digital technologies to disrupt the way a company does business or to innovate and create new business models. So transformation in and of itself, you know, denotes a dramatic change in the way a company operates. When you look at it from that perspective, we find that companies are undertaking steps that are less about digital transformation and perhaps more in the realm of digital evolution. Well, what do we mean by digital evolution? You look at the word evolution alone, it's like it denotes a gradual development rather than a big bang change. And digital evolution is a process by which companies learn to leverage their digital technologies to develop and diversify. It's a journey, right? We hear all about the digital journey, but the journey isn't just about a single transformation. It's about the journey and its evolution. So when companies are looking towards this you know, initial step of transformation where they innovate, incubate, and, and then accelerate, right? That's the transformative stage. But what happens beyond that? At that point, they are becoming a tech and data-driven company, but where do they go from there? So at that point in their journey, they need to look at calibrating, optimizing, and then pivoting. Pivoting when new technologies come into play or differences in competition drive them towards looking at new different solutions. So when, you, when we talk about digital transformation, it's only about half that journey. Companies really need to undertake a longer term view of sort of their digital evolution. It's an ongoing gradual process that needs to be adjusted to remain competitive, to continue to calibrate and optimize and maximize operational efficiencies and financial benefits. And that's really where we think companies are going and where we like to talk about this more in the in beyond transformation. It's really about this digital evolutionary journey that companies are on. 
Great, thank you. Uh, kind of a quick question so I can wrap my head around this a bit more. Is, is a company that is actually doing digital evolution, um, is this a differentiator for them, you know, a competitive advantage? Are there, there companies that are, are not going in this direction yet? Is, is this something we're going to see? Yeah, I think that's a great question, Debbie. I think the companies that look at digital transformation in the sense that I'm going to sort of revamp my back office services and become more cloud-based, SaaS-based, it's not really, really what we talk about, the true digital transformation. So those companies will find better ways in which to conduct their business, but they really aren't going to have evolved into becoming a true tech and data-driven company. So as you look across any sector, a truly digitally evolved business is one that has, becomes in and of itself a tech and data-driven company, even if they're not in the tech sector, right? And so it's part of the ways in which they look at and shift their business models to engage in sort of this digital world. And that's what we try to talk about with companies. It's about that longer term journey. It's not just about revamping your back office systems. Okay, that is the, thank you. That is really very helpful. Um, so the next question would be, what are some of the key drivers for companies to successfully undertake digital transformation initiative and become a digital, digitally, that's hard to say, um, evolved enterprise? So becoming a digitally evolved business means becoming a tech and data enterprise, regardless of what sector you operate in. And what's driving that in some respects is, you know, cost, obviously, right? But that's what drives sort of the digital transformation when we talk about in the context of revamping our back office operations. A true digitally evolved enterprise is driven by looking at new revenue streams, looking at new ways to engage with customers. We have a generation that's growing up with a symbiotic relationship with technology, right? And we need to find different ways in which to engage with them through other different platforms, such as the phone, I, you know, your mobile phones through the mm -hmm. metaverse, through um, gamification. We're seeing all different types of ways in which companies are shifting to address the changing, you know, consumer um, and these different generational aspects to it. But when we look at sort of a digitally evolved enterprise, it should like focus on sort of four key pillars, right? It's the intersection between cyber, the technology, the data and the connectivity, right? All those things come together to sort of drive these changes within an organization, how the organization looks at itself and the way it's mm -hmm. going to engage with its customers and generate um, new revenue streams. And all of this, what's most critical to all of this is really a, a top-down organizational change and governance over, over all aspects of a digitally evolved uh, program. Mm. Oh, you know, we know governance is important, uh, no matter what you're discussing, but this seems particularly involved. Uh, would you be able to expand a bit on how companies should be thinking about governance? Yeah, I'm happy to. When you look at governance, it has to start at the highest levels of the organization, that being the board um, of the company. And in really embracing uh, from the top down what, what the company is trying to drive towards and all the challenges it faces. In an interconnected world, right, we face challenges from cybersecurity attacks. We face um, issues of 
how do I take my operations and completely shift it into a cloud-based uh, infrastructure or to a SaaS provider? Similar to what we deal with when you're looking at outsourced relationships, um, but now we're dealing with different types of technology. We're dealing with different types of relationships. And what does that mean from a governance standpoint? We think that from in a digitally evolved business, companies should be looking at the composition and skill sets of not only their board members, but also senior management and, and looking even below those levels. What level does the persons who are responsible for data within an organization or security in the organization or technology, where do they sit within that organization? Are they at that C-level suite or below that? I think I would challenge companies to think about if they are truly a digitally evolved business, those key roles, the people responsible for those key functions and roles would be at that top level of management, right? Because that is at the point where you've really uh, embrace that you are a technology and data-driven company. And so therefore, those people that are responsible for those aspects of your business should be involved at the conversations of strategy and operations at the highest level. Mm -hmm. You go beyond just the management level and look at the board, what, what is the composition of the board? Are there skill sets there that would help the company in terms of its direction, and uh, as, a, as a tech and data-driven company. Um, do, is there a technology committee or is that embraced in some other form of committee? Does the risk committee now look at and have the proper skill sets and advisors to advise them about the risk in a digitally connected world, right? These are things that I think we're starting to slowly see some movement on, but really need to be, I think, further embraced given that um, the importance of governance um, from the top down in the organization. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, can't stress enough how important that really is. Uh, thanks, Vinny, for explaining that. Um, I want to just talk a minute kind of about outsourcing. Um, and, you know, most of our members, uh, all of our members actually, are made up of the outsourcing communities, the buyers, the providers. Um, and the advisors who work with both of them. Um, IOP is a member of the Global Technology and Business Services Council. And just recently, we, uh, we were talking about how in a, in a downturn or, you know, I don't want to say recession, but when you start to think about the economy and what might happen, outsourcing seems to have a bit of a resurgence in, in a lot of people's minds. And so I wanted to ask you, what does the future hold? If you could kind of, if you had a crystal ball, Vinny, could you tell us uh, what the future would hold for outsourcing in a digitally involved business? Well, Debbie, I've heard a lot over the years about people talking about outsourcing going to be dead mm -hmm. um, because of all these new technologies, the move to the cloud. I, I have to believe that I think the future is very uh, bold for, for outsourcing uh, practitioners, anyone in that ecosystem. I think that there's the nature of outsourcing deals is definitely changing, but outsourcing is nowhere near dead. Um, I'm going to kind of focus on two pieces of this. One is, look, a lot of companies are migrating to cloud infrastructure providers, software as a SaaS, software mm -hmm. as a service models. But and I know a lot of people who are probably listening uh, from the supply side are gonna take issue with what I'm gonna say, 
but that is in and of itself a form of outsourcing. Mm -hmm. If you look at what the regulators are starting to say, they're whole, they're, they, they believe that also it is a form of outsourcing. When we look at the European regulations um, around that, that regulate the banks and financial institutions, you know, cloud and SaaS are all being covered in the same sense as, as outsourcing. Mm -hmm. So I don't think it's, go it's going anywhere away for sure. And I think that, you know, look, the issues of security, operational resilience, business continuity, exit management, you could, there's a long litany, right? are all similar um, when you're dealing with these new technologies and these new as-a-service models. And, and what we're finding is there's just challenges, right? There are challenges of the as-a-service providers coming from the software on-prem world where they contract differently. And then you have others coming from it from the managed services world and saying, boy, this looks a lot like a managed service packaged up as a, you know, as a product. And so you have this intersection. And at some point, you start to see the market trying to move these sort of as a service providers to understand the criticality of these operations and functions that are moving um, to their to their cloud uh, infrastructures. And so that in and of itself is a form of outsourcing. Um, but I think we see some complexities in how and still some um, education that is required for folks to really kind of embrace all these issues. Uh, that are really critical to companies. Because look, when you see things that are like suspension rights in a contract, or you see things like, how do I actually unwind this in a, in a efficient manner? And that's not really addressed in a lot of these arrangements we see, it causes a lot of consternation. So I think it's like the early days of outsourcing. It's just that there's going to be an evolution in how people approach these and the market will continue to shift and hopefully become more competitive. Mm -hmm. the, the, the second part of this is, you know, look, when we talk about digital evolution, there's a level of complexity involved in bringing all of these disparate technologies together. Think about AI, blockchain, quantum computing, 5G, and all the technologies that are yet to be developed. How, some of those skills are really hard to come by. And the companies will be faced with having to decide whether they manage this in-house and can find and develop the right skills whether they're going to have to depend on third parties, the managed service providers out there. So this provides really, I think all these new technologies actually provides even more opportunity for those who operate in our ecosystem of outsourcing and sourcing. Um, there's a role for managed services providers, whether you call it managed services, whether you call it systems integration and management, or sometimes the SIAM model, or perhaps, you know, we start to see the evolution of the digital business operator, someone who comes in and manages all these technologies on behalf of a company. Um, I think we're going to start to see, continue to see this evolution in our outsourcing space. And I think there's going to become um, more opportunities and they're not going to be um, any less complex than what we've had to deal in, in the past. I think it's going to be even more complex. And again, this provides just a great opportunity for everyone operating in our space. Wow. Well, that sounds wonderful. Um, it's like a like you're the cheerleader, and, and I could listen to this for another half an hour. My goodness. Um, so I just wanted to, to kind of wrap this up. Do you have any final thoughts on on? on I mean, you, you have been talking a lot about into the future, but if you had to look five years down the road, um, what do you think the the number one uh, 
thing you would say, you know, governance is going to be more important, you know, um, outsourcing is going to be more important, and, and maybe, you know, um, there'll be other uh, partnerships, strategic partnerships that develop. What, what is the key thing when we talk about digital transformation and evolution, if you, if you had to pick one five years down the road? Yeah, no, it's great. It's hard to pick just one thing. Um, I, I think there are going to be new revenue streams available through different types of partnerships where companies that have not traditionally been tech companies, right, as they mm -hmm. go through this journey, are going to become more tech and data driven. And I think they're going to look for partnerships with some of their service providers that are going to provide them with greater opportunities. I think we might see the opportunity the you know the growth of more outcome-based um, models uh, than we have in the past, and I think this is going to offer greater opportunities and partnerships within the outsourcing ecosystem that we all operate in. I, I think that there's going to be yeah really good opportunities for people to partner together um, in ways that we haven't seen in the past, and we're starting to see little bits and pieces of it um, here and there. But I think we'll start in five years down the road, we're going to see more um, partnerships within sectors. Now that makes perfect sense. Thanks so much, Vinny. Any last words before we wrap up? No, but thanks so much for having me and uh, for um, having the opportunity to speak with everyone about this great topic. Yeah, it was fantastic. Thank you so much, Vinny, uh, not just for taking the time, but really for sharing these amazing insights. And thank you all out there for listening. Uh, until next time, stay safe.